Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. Okay, so welcome back again to Sacred Space and thank you very much for joining us this morning. Uh, as I said, um, I'm out and about again. This time I'm visiting the Limerick Charismatic Conference here in Limerick, um, held in October. It's actually in October every year. I'm joined uh, today by um, my wife Anne and Geraldine Creighton. Thank you, Geraldine, for facilitating us this morning. Um, but Geraldine, uh, I was at the Charismatic Conference here last year and heard the story of two wonderful people. And I said to Geraldine, no, it'd be great if we could get their story and, and record and all the rest of it. So, lucky enough, I've got them back again here. I'd like to welcome to the programme Fiona Collins. Good morning, Joan. And Ed Collins. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. All the way from... Belfast. Belfast. So That's one right. would wonder why you people from Belfast are down here, but that'll come to, we'll come to that story in a minute. A little bit about your background uh, in terms of your faith, Fiona. Well, I am the eldest of six children. Okay. As I said, I was born in Belfast. Okay. My family were practicing, and when I say practicing, I mean we went to Mass on Sunday. Okay. We also went to confession occasionally, mm. but I wouldn't say that I had a very strong faith. I would say that I had no personal relationship with God. It was more a mechanical process. But you went to Mass every Sunday? Yes. Went to confession went to every now and again? Sunday. Like most, probably, people been brought up at that particular time. That's right, and okay. I was probably searching all along, although at the time I For yourself. didn't know it. Okay. Yes. Ed, yourself? I'm yeah. born in Belfast as well, John, mm-hmm. in um, North Belfast. Grew up during the Troubles. Okay. Um, my parents were very, very strong in their faith. All right. And it was a great gift that they were able to pass that faith on to me. When you say strong now, Ed, you know, how do, how, how do you mean? Well, you know, when bullets are flying... Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, you're getting the message. And your mum and dad are sitting saying the rosary and they say, come on, children, there were six of yeah. us in the family. Yeah, okay, six as well. So six yeah, in both the families. Okay, right. Okay. Six right. Families. Uh, so you could see that even during the Troubles, their calmness and the faith that they had... Beautiful. Just... We, we, we took that on board. Okay. So we did, you know, I mean, I can still remember kneeling down with my parents, brothers and sisters, and there were gun battles going on outside, and we were saying the rosary, and I was mm. actually yawning during the rosary, and I was born, but yeah. I still have that memory. Yeah. And you kind of like felt safe. Mm. Parents had the great faith that they passed. Is there a, so a wonderful gift to have, to have parents to pass on the faith uh-huh. like that? As you grew up then, I mean, these, these would have been the early years, you know, ch- your yeah. childhood years. As you grew on then, maybe into teenage years and into, into your youth? Well, again, I went to a school called St. Malachy's. Mm-hmm. It was a Catholic school. They had mass every day. They had retreats. Okay. So, again, you had that support even growing up mm-hmm. um, in your student years. And then I went to teacher training college. Again, it was a Catholic teacher mm-hmm. training college. So again, I was guided. Mm. I was guided, as it were, for with all these pillars and encouragements to grow in faith. And and your mates, you know, would they also have been involved, maybe, with the faith as strongly as yourself? Well, I wouldn't say as strong, but um, no, I think for 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 me at that moment, it was 
myself and God. There was something you know, inside your drawing. There was you. Something, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something deep down inside that I was attracted to. You know. Okay. But and I couldn't understand it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I yeah, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't yeah. really aware, and mm. I didn't even question. You know why? Why am I going to mass? Yeah, yeah. Well, why did I love receiving the Eucharist? It was just know? natural. It was just natural, mm, you know. Mm. And I didn't question it, didn't analyse it, just accepted it, you know. Right. So when other people were going to the pubs for their drinks and all that, mm-hmm. you know, I was well. You see, what made it even better for me, as regards faith, you couldn't really go to the pubs without being blown up. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so, it was safer so to go to. It was safer to go to mass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, no, it, it it was faith growing up during the troubles was a support. Beautiful. And Fiona, did you, your teenage years and youth years in terms of faith? Not at all, I would say. Not the same no, as that at all? Not at all. Okay. Even yeah. though I grew up in Belfast, it's okay. funny how God can meet you yes, at some stage yes, of your life, yeah, even later yeah. on. So, um, as I say, I went to Mass, mm. right? I never really lost that uh, mechanism yes, or yeah. that routine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I would say I went along happy go luckily mm. didn't think too much about God uh, probably searching in the background all the time without realising it myself yes yeah. but mm. um, no I had a, you know I went through my university years without any real faith I would say okay so you two somewhere along the line you two met that's right tell me the story <laughs> Well, I, I don't even know, John, how to keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> we have loads of space right. here. If we could, loads of time. Right? Yeah, loads of time. Fiona was actually 16 and I was 25 whenever we first met. Okay. And I was a teacher in uh, in West Belfast in, in, in a place called Beachmount, St. Paul's Primary School. I was 25. Okay. And because of the troubles, the, the parish priest of that area... He wanted to bring, you know, the, the children from that area on a holiday. Mm, mm, mm. And the holiday resort was in a place called Port Ferry, which is in the county down coast. Okay. But he needed people to help him to look after the, the children. So he asked some of the teachers from, from our school to help out. Of course we did. But we also needed other leaders. So we had to do a training course mm. in a place called Newcastle. And he, he actually went to Fiona's school, which was uh, St. Dominic's, the mm. Road, and asked for St. Vincent de Paul volunteers mm. from, from, from that school. And they went, we went to Newcastle, we did a training course, and I saw this beautiful girl just sitting in the group. <laughs> And we were teaching songs and how to look after kids and holidays and things like that. You mm-hmm. Yeah. And I fell in love. Just like that. Just like that. She was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful curly hair. Okay. Not a bit Beautiful smile, John, you know. Mm-hmm. But what, I, what really attracted me about Fiona was her love for life. You know, mm-hmm. the smile, you know. Yeah. So that summer... We had a, our children's holiday, and anybody that know that's ever worked on a children's holiday knows it's hard work. But we discovered 
that we actually worked well together. Mm. So we started going out with each other, and whenever Fiona was 18, she went to university. Okay. And then she made a discovery that, that, that I, I, I find quite difficult to cope with. She discovered that there were fellas in the university who were more handsome than I was. That was a problem. That was a problem. And, and the university opened up a whole new horizon for her, you know. Uh, so, um, I could see, I could <clears> see as time went on, I was falling in love with Fiona more each day and she was falling more in love with her freedom okay mm-hmm. and eventually when Fiona was 20 years old the writing was on the wall because she came to me and she says do you know Evan as part of my university course I've got a chance to go to France for a year uh-uh. and I said alright yeah. <laughs> underneath it all I'm thinking to myself now for a year that means you know she'll be away from me for a year that's not really very loving so it's not <sighs> but I said well what would you like to do and Fiona says yeah I'm going to go for the year to France so I was actually heartbroken Yeah. Mm. and my love flew off to France in September and I went back to school. And this is when a whole series of coincidences happened that no longer could I put down the coincidence. Mm. And it was all to do with Our Lady of Fatima. And you know, to uh, This is the 12th of October. Tomorrow will be the 13th of October. Yes. Mm. And, mm. and the 13th mm. of May, 13th of October, yeah, your sort of reaction to himself, were you? Well, I fell for Ed too, okay. but I was, as Ed said, full of life. Yeah, yeah. I just started learning French at Queen's University. Okay. And I loved all things French and anything to do with France. And the opportunity to pass up a year in France was just too much. Yes, and well. to be honest, I didn't really look further yes, than yes. the day that that was, that was it. it. So I went off full of the joys of spring, ready to embrace the world and just see what Love come what may. So, and of course, you were saying, "Yeah, this is what has to be." <laughs> says Ed. Yeah, is that right, Eddie? You see, well, you see, John, you have to, you have to remember that, or try to picture the scene. There's Fiona away off to France. Uh, My love is now in France, and I'm thinking, "Oh, she's going to meet some French George Clooney type, yeah, you know, who speaks French as well, yeah." So I am going back into into the classroom situation. I've got a pre four class, lovely class, uh-huh. and but I'm really depressed. Okay, you see, and the first thing that happened was one of the children in my class. At the end of the day, he came up and he said to me, "Mr. Collins, my granny was out in Fatima, and she got a little prayer card for you." And I, I didn't know anything about Fatima or didn't, didn't know anything about the message of Fatima. Mm-hmm. I took the wee prayer card off him and it was a picture of the three children of Fatima. Mm-hmm. 
uh, on, on a prayer, the angel's prayer, and a little bit about the, the miracle of Fatima. Okay. And I said to the child, oh, tell your granny thanks very much, mm-hmm. you know. So didn't think anything more until a couple of weeks later, another child in the class came up and said to me, Mr. Collins, my granny's going out to Fatima and she's going to pray for you. So I thought, I must look really depressed with all these grannies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, tell you, Granny, thanks very much. Yeah. Right. And then at the end of September, I went on a, a, a retreat. It was a teacher's retreat. Uh, and uh, I was talking to an old retired teacher. Okay. And she says to me, do you know, you're teaching a P4 class. I've got a great book on teaching the Eucharist to eight-year-old children. So she says, give me your dress. And she opened up her handbag and she took out an envelope and she was writing my address down. And she says, do you know, isn't this a coincidence? This envelope is from Fatima. Have you ever heard of Fatima? She says, funny. Yeah. You know, a couple yeah. of children in my class have uh, just mentioned it recently, mm, you know. Mm. She says, I'll, I'll send you a tape, uh, uh, a cassette tape on the story of Fatima. So the following week, the book didn't arrive, but the cassette tape on the story of Fatima arrived. And I listened to it, and it was a fascinating story. Mm. Once you got into the whole message of Fatima, about what happened, the whole series of events, the six Mm. months, Mm. you know, I I was just hooked, you know. Mm. So then I used to go to, I would have gone to daily mass, you see, as well. Mm But because I was teaching, it would have been in the evening times. And not every parish had daily mass, so we go to different churches in Belfast. And a, a few nights after listening to the tape, I was in one church one night, and the priest said, Bill McCavanagh is going to give a slideshow on the story of Fatima. And he says, Fatima again? Mm-hmm. But it didn't go. Mm. Another night, different church, and the priest at the end said, Bill McCavanagh is going to give a slideshow on the story of Fatima. Somebody's trying to tell you something. It began to hit me there, you know. (laughs) But again, it didn't go. Mm. Because I had my notes through for the next day. A third night it happened. (laughs) Different church, different priest, and again he said, Bill McCavanagh, Wow. is going to give a slideshow story of Fatima. So really? I said to myself, Nyla, hmm. I think God's definitely trying to tell me something so. here. Next time it happens, I'm going to go to the slideshow. But I can't go tonight, I said, because I'd arranged to go up to meet Fiona's mum and dad to see how Fiona was getting on in France. So I was walking out of the church, and a man, I don't even know who he was, he came over, and I remember him putting his hand on my arm and he said do you know Sonny he said you need to go to this talk it's going to be very useful for you and I said no 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 because I don't like people putting mm. pressure on me mm. you know mm. so I said oh no no sorry I've got an appointment tonight so I went out and I remember putting the key into the lock the, into the door of the car and saying to myself now too many coincidences yeah. about Fatima mm. mm. I think Our Lady wants me to go here Mm. So I went to the talk, and it was fascinating. It was a, a 
a man called Bill McCavanagh. He was from West Belfast, and he had been to Fatima a, a lot of times, and he knew the story inside out, and he gave the talk. But he said something during the talk that really struck me. He said, if you pray to God through Our Lady of Fatima, no matter what your request is, it will be granted, or during your prayer you will discover what you should be praying for. No. And I came out of there and I said, right, Our Lady, I'm going to put you to the test here. This is done, okay. I will. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. You're not really supposed to uh, test out Our Lady, sure uh, not. No, but anyway, not, but just in case, anyway. <laughs> when so you're, when said, you're in the pressure, go ahead. I said, Our Lady, I'm going to start praying to God through you that Fiona says yes to me. Okay. So I started praying. Started saying the rosary. Uh, we make little sacrifices. Uh, say we live in North Belfast in a three-story house with no central heating or anything like that. And it was really cold during November and December. And I used to get up in the middle of the night and kneel down at the side of the bed and saying, I'd like to the rosary and Fiona would say yes. And Fiona came home that Christmas uh-huh. and I was glad to say she hadn't met a French man. She hadn't met a French <laughs> so, far, so, so far, so good. And we continued on with the relationship. It was great. We chatted and she told me all the things that were happening in France. And we made a good time. Remember it snowed. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you made a snowman. Mm-hmm. And I, I was in love with the other night, wasn't it? <laughs> 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 but anyway, Fiona went back. No, sorry. Were you aware of his mm-hmm. testing that lady at this stage? At all. You didn't at know. At this stage, it. I was oblivious to everything. So you were off running your face. Footloose, fancy free after, in France. After you go. Enjoying life. Nice to see you, Ed. Good luck. Got yeah. some more stuff to do in France. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, John, if I had said to Fiona, do you know Fiona, I'm getting up at three o'clock in the morning saying, Dick, is the rosary? Yeah. You said, yes. He said, yeah. he's, a, he's a weirdo. That's right. The white, the white coat. Yeah. I would have lost it completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Fiona went back to France after Christmas and there was a wee bit of hope there that, you know, my prayer to God, to Our Lady of Fatima was working. And the other thing was Fiona was going to come back again in February okay. for her sister's wedding. Her younger sister was getting married. And it was also going to be Fiona's 21st birthday in March. Uh-huh. So I decided to get Fiona a really good present for her 21st birthday. And I went down to a jeweller's after Christmas and I said, I'm looking for you know, a nice present for my, my girlfriend's 21st birthday. And he produced these rings. And... There was a beautiful solitaire ring, which looked a wee bit like an engagement ring, but it wasn't. Mm. Mm. It was an eternity ring that any girl would have loved for eternity. (laughs) So I... I I didn't know... This is where I saw it. You're looking into your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) So so I bought the ring, and the jeweller says, now what's her ring size? And I says, oh, I don't know what her uh-huh. size is, but he gave me a little pink card, and he says, whenever your girlfriend comes back and you give her the ring, <laughs> bring this pink card and we'll size it for free. So I was all delighted, and Fiona came home in February, went to the sister's wedding, it was great, and the following night, 
we went out for dinner because she was going back to France then you see mm-hmm. and uh, we went out for dinner and we went to a, a lovely little little place called Shaw's Bridge and I can still picture Shaw's Bridge and the moon was shining and I remember the moon reflecting on the waters of the river as it went underneath the bridge and we went out for a wee walk just along the river and then went back to the car and I had the ring all wrapped up in beautiful gold paper with a, a gold ribbon on it. And I sat in the car and I said, Fiona, you're going back to France tomorrow. And it's going to be your 21st birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got you a wee present just for your, your, your birthday. So I remember I took the, the box and I gave it to Fiona and I watched her face as she undid the ribbon. Right. And then she opened up the gold paper. And then she opened up the gold box, looked at the ring inside, and her face just dropped. Uh Uh-oh. And she closed the box and gave it back to me. And she says, Edmund, that is an engagement ring, and I am not ready for engagement Uh, uh, or marriage uh, or anything uh, like that. And my faith, John, was shattered. All the sacrifices all the prayers went into that river in front of me, you know. And I was devastated because it was almost as if I'd been praying and making sacrifices, I'd been storming heaven Mm. and it hadn't worked, you know. It hadn't worked in that you didn't get what you wanted when you wanted. Exactly. Okay. So Fiona went back to France. I was devastated. But I always remember Bill McAvanagh saying... Keep praying until you discover what you should really be praying for. So in March, it was coming up to St. Patrick's Day, and I was being tormented. My love was going stronger and stronger, and Fiona's love for freedom, I suppose, was growing stronger too. And I knew I couldn't go on like this. Mm. I was torturing myself, and I said, I'll have to go over to France and have it out with Fiona once and for all. Does she want me or not? We would still have been writing to Mm -hmm. each other, you know. Fiona's letters would have been, you know, I'm having a great time over here in France, you know. (laughs) (laughs) My letters would have been, oh, Fiona, darling, I miss you so much. When are you coming home again? (laughs) But uh, no, I thought, I'll have to go over to France and have it out with Fiona. She was in a place called saint maxent Lecaux, which is in the south west of that's France that's west that's west of France okay now I hate flying but you, you know whenever you're in love you will do anything even climb Everest mm-hmm. even if you have a fear of heights you'll do anything mm-hmm. when you're in love so I got a plane over to London a plane from London to Paris the train from Paris down to a place called Poitiers booked in the hotel and I haven't got any French on there again you know okay. I was just Holy Spirit oh, yeah, yeah. you know next day I got a train to Saint Mixon and gave Fiona the surprise mm-hmm. of her life whenever I landed in Saint Mixon <laughs> I'd say you did one say you how did you get here <laughs> I mean we had a good few days we did. We had a together. together Fiona showed me the places and, and her friends and Sam makes on and all but I always remember the train station at half six in the morning uh, I was going back up to Paris 
and we were standing on the platform. It was still dark and it was freezing as well. And I remember standing on the platform and I said, Fiona, you know, I'm going back home. You want your freedom. And I'm being eaten away here. It doesn't seem to be working. I think maybe you should finish. And Fiona said, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Oh, whoa. Mm. That was a problem. It was a problem, John. I don't know whether you remember, there's a film called The Song of Bernadette. Mm -hmm. And during that film, Bernadette has gone up to Nevers, to the convent in Nevers. She's been sent to the convent in Nevers. And a parish priest is coming out. And he sees her in the carriage. And he has a little prayer card. And he says to St. Bernadette, Bernadette, if you ever need me, just send that prayer card mm. and I'll know that you want to see me. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I didn't have a prayer card, but I had the little pink card that the jeweller gave me, mm. you see? Mm. So I'm standing on the platform at the train station. Fiona's just said, I want my freedom. Mm. And I said, I'm going to have to let you go. Mm-hmm. And she agrees that. So I took out my wallet and took the little pink card Mm. and I said to Fiona, look Fiona, if you ever change your mind, whether it's one year, five years, ten years, Mm. I will never stop loving you. All you have to do is just send that little pink card to me and I'll know what it means. Mm. So we hugged each other for the last time and I got on the train and there were tears in my eyes and I waved goodbye to Fiona and Fiona waved (laughs) (laughs) Bye Ed He's gone He's gone (laughs) He's away He's out of my life Okay Uh, And and the emptiness though John that I felt at that moment Hmm. was not only had a lost Fiona but in a kind of a way, I'd lost God as well. I was just going to say, how was your faith now with this? Yeah, devastating. Mm. It's not working. No, my faith, there is no God. Mm. He doesn't exist. He hasn't given you what he wants. Yeah, mm. he hasn't answered my prayer. Mm. That's it. And yet, deep down inside, there was, that, there was still that little word from Bill McAvanagh, keep praying, keep praying. Don't give up. Wow. Mm. No matter how mm. dark, how deep things are, don't give up. So I went back and I just said to myself, right, I'll have to accept things the way they are and get on with my life. Mm. I'll keep praying until Our Lady sorts this out and lets me know what, what's going to happen. Mm. You know? So a few months later, I'm sitting at the breakfast table. And I've just had my breakfast, and my sister, my younger, youngest sister, in fact, she came into the kitchen and she says, Edmund, here's a letter from France. Thought you and Fiona were finished. Hmm. And I tried to pretend to be macho, you know, and uh, cool, and but my wee heart was palpitating because mm-hmm. I was wondering, now what's, what's, <laughs> it's all over, but what's Fiona <laughs> sent me a letter for? <laughs> 
So I just coolly got up out of the breakfast table and I said, oh, Philomena, yeah, take that uh, letter. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, we're still friends, you know. And I went up the stairs to my bedroom, shaking away, wondering, what's this letter? And I remember standing in the bedroom and my hand shaking and I carefully opened up the letter and whenever I opened up the letter, out fell the little pink card. Wow. Mm. And there was one page of a letter mm. saying, Edmund, I've decided to commit myself to you. And I just remember kneeling down on the floor and throwing my arms up and praising God because not only had I received that pink card, mm. but the day I received that pink card was the 13th of May, the feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Wow. Wow. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I realised at that moment, at that moment, I realised that there really was a God. And Our Lady had been listening. He had been listening as well. She had taken my request to her son. And all the time... Even though I realised or thought, no, no, he's not there, he's not listening. They were listening all the time, mm-hmm. you know. And it was, an, it was actually an extraordinary moment, John, you know. That just, when you're absolutely convinced mm-hmm. God is alive, yeah. he mm-hmm. is there, mm-hmm. he's listening to you, mm-hmm. it, was, it was an amazing moment. You know. And the 13th of May as well. Well, the other strange thing was, when you looked at Fiona's letter, she had written it on the 2nd of May, mm-hmm. but she hadn't posted it until the 6th of May. Okay. Which is... Which meant it would have been coming to If she had posted it on the 2nd, it wouldn't arrive on the 13th. Mm-hmm. And I remember mm-hmm. afterwards mm-hmm. saying to Fiona, well, why... Well, maybe you can explain. That's yeah. right. Everybody always asks me that question, yes. John. Yeah. Why did yeah. you Why? post it? Yeah. Well, I knew nothing about it. Or did it that first of all? Mm. Okay, so the date didn't mean anything to me. For years, I couldn't answer that question myself. Mm-hmm. And it's only after... I suppose I entered into a relationship with God myself and mm-hmm. I understood why and it was because Edmund I did love him but mm-hmm. I was nine years younger than him yeah, and I wanted yeah. my freedom and mm-hmm. freedom was a big thing to me mm-hmm. and still is to mm-hmm. a certain extent mm-hmm. but God wants us to be free and the fact that Edmund had said to me I will love you and yes. I, I love you I will always love you but I'm giving you your freedom mm-hmm. in the same way that God says that to us mm-hmm. you know I love you I will always love you and thank God having the patience to mm. wait on us to turn yes. to him because mm. he waited a long time for me mm. it took me until mm. the age of 35 until I really discovered God, God. and entered but into it mm. so that's so you really don't know you know between the second and the sixth why it's just one of those things that you just posted it on the sixth. I posted it without mm. any knowledge of dates or anything like that. so what happened then we got married Ah, yeah. on the 9th of August 1986 that's right in fact it was the anniversary of, of, of internment and Fiona no. <laughs> it was an amazing <laughs> is no, this a coincidence again? <laughs> internment it was an amazing wedding day because there were riots in the Falls Road see Fiona lived in a in a place called Twinbrook which West, is West Belfast West Belfast mm. 
And um, uh, I remember I had to collect my brother from the Falls Road mm. on my wedding day because he couldn't get out of his house because of the barricades and all. But I managed to get in, in through the barricades and the and the and, and the fires and all that. And I collected him and brought him up to to Twinbrook to St right. Luke's and for for the wedding day it was that it was a great wedding day though, so it was, was, wasn't it? It was a great day. <laughs> 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 I no, it you was, to say it was a great day. You have to say that. But we were still living from a faith point of view for a long time after that separate life. That's that's that's, yeah, what, you're that's, that's what I want to come to, yeah. right? So you're for, uh, you weren't really aware no. of how strong his life. And I couldn't put pressure on Fiona. I mean, I was going to mass every day. The the good thing was though that Fiona never said to me. Don't you be going to yeah. mass every mm-hmm. day, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say to Fiona, Fiona, you come to mass with me every day, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just wondering, even neighbours would have known you should go into mass every day, do you know? Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and sometimes people say, oh, look at him, he's going to mass every day. And would you have had that sort of pressure, like from maybe some of your neighbours saying, your husband's going to mass every day, like you? Is he really? No, fine, they're fine. Okay. So continuing on, you're living away the, your face in, in your own way, and you are too. And then there's something happened. We lived that for about sixteen years, and oh. we were very happy. We used to go to France every year, as I love France, and Edmund developed a great love for France. Uh-huh. So Edmund would have gone to mass, as he says, every day, even on holiday. Even and holiday. I would have gone to the hairdressers for the shops. So very we're in well, agreement okay. between us. Very natural, John. Very natural. Very much so. We know our place. Anyway, anyway. So then, after sixteen years, there's something happened. Okay, in terms of the faith. After sixteen years, what happened? Well, Edmund was paying for me first of all, all along. All along. Okay. Realise that. Okay. You know, and I'm sure now that that has had a great part to play in that. Mm. But one day, I saw an advert just in the. Parish Bulletin mm. for Life and the Spirit Seminars. Okay. And for some reason, I was attracted to that. Mm. So I went to Life and the Spirit Seminars. I listened to people's testimonies. I was just recalling that this evening. Mm-hmm. Yes, thinking yeah. about that. And I was very touched by them all. And I knew enough from what I'd heard that God wants to give us everything. You know, and as a language teacher, I teach French as well. Okay. The thing that really I really wanted was a gift of tongues. But I knew God wanted to give me more than the gift of tongues. Uh-huh. So at the end of the six weeks in the Life and Spirit seminars, I said, while people were praying for me, Lord, give me the whole heap. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want like it. All. And everybody laughed. You're, full, you're full of life for your life. <laughs> no, I went home after those seminars, singing every night, very happy. I didn't mm-hmm. really know what it was. It was great. Now, but nothing happened. Was Ed with you at the seminars? No, seminar? I went on my own. What did you make of this when she went off to these seminars and come back? Or... Well, do, do you know, what, what gets me, John, is people have different personalities. Uh, and what mm-hmm. attracts some people may not attract other uh, okay, people. Okay. So we all have our own way of getting closer to the Lord. Okay. And for Fiona, Fiona's an extrovert. Yeah. So being getting involved with the Life and the Spirit seminars was her way okay. of getting closer to the Lord, you know. So the life is so you did six of these. So I did six of mm-hmm. these. But I suppose at the time I didn't realise that anything had happened. Physically I didn't feel anything, yeah. but nothing changed. Nothing 
changed really in mm-hmm. my life but I suppose that was a gateway yes. to my relationship with God looking back uh, okay. okay so after that then we still continued to go to France and in the year 2000 I invited my parents to come with me now they're not great travellers my okay. father's from the south of Ireland homely man slippers at the fire doesn't so I was so excited I wanted to show them France and yes. you know let them taste the beautiful food and the wine mm-hmm. and just to immerse them a little yeah. bit and yes. to give them a little yes. bit of the love that I had and for what you had. Yeah. so in 2000 they said they would come with us and I had a little book of family run hotels mm-hmm. and I looked it up because we'd been travelling around France mm-hmm. for about 16 years at this stage so we practically knew everywhere and mm-hmm. we really wanted to be more than just tourists so okay. everywhere we had been before that we started going into the state agents mm-hmm. looking for a little place to buy so anyway my parents came over in the year 2000 and I had booked a hotel in a place called Cherol never been before it's in Burgundy over mm-hmm. on the east side of France and again, we just picked that because mm-hmm. we'd never been there before, quite randomly. And they arrived and we drove down to Cherol and it was lighting rain. It was a very, very bad storm. Mm-hmm. And we ended up in this hotel and the lady was quite strange. There was nobody about, thunder and lightning outside. There was a china cabinet with dolls in it and mm-hmm. we're kind of looking like at us. It was strange. It was a wee bit like an alphabet copy. <laughs> <laughs> the lady went off to get the key of the two rooms. Uh, and four of us were left standing for about 20 minutes and she didn't come back nobody about and it's still continuing to Mm -hmm. rain heavily outside so I forget who it was now but one of us said I'm not staying here I don't like the atmosphere and we hadn't paid any deposit or anything so we dashed outside into the car in the light and rain didn't look behind us and drove to the next town which happened to be Perry Lamonia which is a place of the sacred heart which we didn't know anything about Mm -hmm. either so we stayed there, we went to the tourist office, got a hotel for the night and we thought, well this is a nice little place, you may as well stay mm-hmm. here now that we're here for the few days that my parents were with us. And again we went in, just before we went off, we went into the state agents mm-hmm. and asked about the possibility of buying somewhere in the area mm-hmm. and the state agent said, well there is a little place coming up on the market, give me your details and I'll contact you when the place comes on the market for sale. So that's the end of the first part of an interview that I recorded with Ed and Fiona Collins. We just ask you to join us for the finish of this wonderful story next week. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.